Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. Whether you're online, in person here, or folks out on the lawn, uh, it's good to have you with us. And we know this, we all come in with different things going on in our lives, don't we? And here we have this moment to be together, to sing to the Lord, to give Him glory and praise, and to remember, and in the sit before the Word of God. But there's a lot of distractions. And so I just want to pause and pray for us again, because today's a message that I want you to really reflect on, an old truth about how it matters in your life today, and where are you with that? I think of people like Summer, who's a mom, young kids, who's coming in here today. Savannah, who's a new mom with a child that she, in essence, left behind this morning, probably with her dad. And I think of Summer also, who had their Honda Pilot stolen this week, right from outside their home. And, you know, when things are stolen from you, uh, that, that makes you feel vulnerable. And that's just two snapshots. And I haven't even gone to this side of the room or beyond the front row. You have something going on in your life. And so let's just pause right now, remember that the Lord is with us, and then open ourselves up to what he has for us today. Father, we thank you that you've created a sanctuary where we can come in, Lord, and acknowledge and remember and celebrate you, regardless, God, of the turmoil that's going on on the outside or on the inside. And so, Lord, do a work right now Bring old truth to life by your spirit. And Lord, remind us how much you love us. And in the end, God, may because of that love, we respond in a way that would be totally different had we not allowed it to settle into our souls and be motivated by it. So Lord, we thank you. And it's the name of the Jesus. And all people said, amen. Hey, so we've been on this journey. And we've been on this journey with those known as the Israelites going through the book of Deuteronomy. And today we're looking at chapters 5 to 8. But along the way, we've done some things that we are trying to remember because in the end, Deuteronomy is about remembering. And we started off with the memento of our journey of a scrapbook, comparing it to the book of Deuteronomy and saying, hey, we're looking back at what the Israelites have experienced, and it's worth us remembering because what they've learned from God as they're a people wandering to a promised land is beneficial for us to look at as we are people moving towards our promised future. And so the first week, it was really simple. Remembering matters, but then remembering that he is the Lord, our God, the one true God, and we're supposed to love him with all our minds, with all our hearts, and with all our will, with all our being. We got to the second week, which is last week, and the reality was, I'm having some trouble with my shelves here. The reality was, we got to the second week, and the memento was this scroll that symbolized God's covenant to us. And this scroll says this simply, God has a place in his world and in his heart for us. And this scroll, which is a covenant between us and God, then declares our part. Again, it's the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength or will. And so we were reminded last week that we're a people who have been given a land, and in that land we are called to bless folks, 
just like the Israelites were. This week, let's see if you can guess what, what it is this week. This week, what are we talking about? The Ten Commandments. And now we go, what in the world does this have to do with our lives today? For some, the Ten Commandments, they want them taken out of places. For others, they want them put up. For others, they go, uh, didn't Jesus like do away with these? Like, do we even have to really deal with these? My hope is today is that you look at the Ten Commandments from the perspective in the, of what the Israelites and why and how they were given to them in a whole new way and why they matter to us today. But let's start with the story of the Ten Commandments. All right, do you remember the story? Um, the Israelites are on Mount Sinai. The, the term that's used in the book of Deuteronomy is Mount Horeb. It's the same place. And the whole mountain catches on fire. I mean, there is a blaze. This is the wildfire of wildfires. And the reality is everybody's scared to go up to the mountain because who runs up into a mountain that's on fire? So who do they send? They say, Moses, that looks too scary. We're going. We're out of here and you're going up on the mountain. So they send Moses. So Moses goes up and... Moses takes too long. And what happens next? Well, his people and his leaders, his right-hand person even down below, gets distracted, uh, begins to ponder maybe, maybe Moses is burned up up there. And so what do they do? They throw a raging party, actually. All right, I'm not sure how those two even correlate. But isn't that just like, you know, we just sang so easily do we wander, don't we? And they make, an, they make an idol that looks like a calf out of gold, all right? And Moses comes down, and he sees what's going on, and he loses it. And he breaks the tablets that he's been given, and he cannot believe they've been this so far off course in such a short period of time. And then what he does, he has to go up before the Lord and say, Lord, don't bring your wrath on them. I know, I know, but don't bring your wrath. And then later on, he's given he's given another set of tablets for them to follow. What you may not realize is that he was defining the covenant. We talked about how they were starting to be given the covenant, but he was being given the whole covenant. And believe it or not, this covenant, you might not know this, is that this covenant he was given was written in a way of a treaty to the Israelites. Deuteronomy is written as a vassal treaty. Everybody in count of three say vassal treaty. One, two, three. Vassal treaty. Why does that even matter? Well, back then, they would understand what a vassal treaty was. If you lived in that time and you heard vassal treaty, here's what you knew. Oh, this is serious. This is a treaty between two unequal parties. One is greater than the other. One is the Lord and the others are then the servants. As a result, there's some expectations that are laid out in a treaty like this. Hey, as my servants, I expect this. But as your Lord, I will do this. There's consequences and benefits played out for following that treaty. So they would have known that. And the commandments are part, built into this treaty. Think about in our own lives. Because you're like, what does this vassal treaty have anything to do with my life today? We all have relationships, don't we? And whether you realize it or not, they're based on covenants that are formal, been formalized, or informal. Let's go with an obvious one. Your employer. That's a formal treaty in most cases. It's a formal covenant you had. That's why some of you are actually self-employed, because you, you don't want a treaty, right? All right? 
They call that entrepreneurs, all right? Or rebels, I don't know, whatever you want to decide that is, all right? I'm not against entrepreneurs. We need them. But some of you don't want to be under a treaty or a vassal treaty with anyone else. But think about it. The employer lays out the expectations and the employer gives you this opportunity. And in the end, if you really think about it, you have a pretty good deal under an employer in most cases. You have a ton to gain. They actually might have more to lose. What's weird about that treaty is, though, in a moment's notice, you're both, I mean, you can be gone. You can be gone. You, they could say, <laughs> you can say, I'm done with you. They could say, I'm done with you. All right? That lacks a little loyalty. Think about in a marriage. Stand before the Lord, make a covenant. In essence, that's a treaty. Uh, unequal partners, uh, I would say partners with different strengths, okay, and abilities, different roles, all right? Not unequal. And the reality is, though, there's, there's expectations. And when you go outside the bounds of that, huh, there's consequences, aren't there? Sometimes to the point where distrust is so big, you have to, you end up, or not have to, but you choose to get a divorce. Speaking of marriage, Speaking of divorce, speaking of forgiveness and grace, you should join me tomorrow night. This is a side note. 7 p.m. at Vows Online. We're speaking on being gracious and forgiving. So if your treaty's having a little trouble, it's a great time to jump in with me tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. It's all on Zoom. Just register so you can get the Zoom link. Side note, marriage is like a treaty. There's consequences or benefits. Friendships, think about it. Brothers and sisters, how about this one? My dog. My dog is in a vassal treaty with me. Two unequal partners. My dog is not even close to me, okay, and who I am and my thought process and life and my abilities. We have a hierarchy. But the reality is when I think about it, man, my dog has it so good. I don't believe in reincarnation, but I want to actually come back as my dog because I've seen how good it is. I walk around sometimes and I go, I cannot believe how good this dog has it. Look at that dog over there. I think about it when I'm at the counter and I'm stirring up the good stuff because she just won't eat the kibble, so you put all kinds of stuff in it, all right? This dog has it good. Now, this dog has to meet some expectations and requirements, but in the end, think of our relationship with God. Think of my relationship with my dog. Wow, what a gift it is to be in relationship with someone who will never leave you nor forsake you and who utterly cares about you. It's a beautiful thing. So as we go into these 10 commandments right now, I want you to think about them in a whole new way. This relationship, just like the relationship with my God, with my dog, my relationship with my God and my dog, it's totally weighted in favor of my dog and me and you. So I hope you see these differently. Let's jump right in. Here's the big idea today. God's commands were given what? Out of love for our longevity and our liberation. Would you repeat this with me on the count of three? One, two, three. God's commands were given out of love for our longevity and what? Our liberation. It always has stemmed from love. I'm going to show you today the commands are given. There's a moment where he reminds it, but don't forget I love you. I want to love you to the thousandth generation. Let me love you. And then he cares about their longevity. He wants them to be their people, just like he wants us to be 
his people and represent him on earth, and then he wants longevity in heaven. And then how about the last one? He wants to liberate them. When we operate under the covenant, there's a freedom we experience from things we need to be free from, all right? And then we have this autonomous relationship. I look back to my dog. My dog has such free reign in so many ways. It's such a young age. It's amazing to me. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 5. It starts off the Ten Commandments with verse 6. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of what? Slavery. He was liberating then, and he doesn't want us to get enslaved or anything. You were stuck with the Egyptians for this long. I want to get you to hear and be free right now. I want to give you this covenant and the way it sh- you should live life. It's the best way. I don't want you to get bound again because you were bound, and I don't want you to be bound, and I want you to be free as you move forward. That's how God wants us to live. And then he begins to give the commandments. Look at the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. The Israelites were surrounded by people groups and countries that what? Had other gods. But remember the Shema, which um, Summer read? What was the first part that it said? I am the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, your God. The one God. There's only one true God. So it's not a little bit of Buddha added on to Jesus. It's not about superstition added on to what God has said is truth. It's not astrology. It's not horoscopes. It's not the black cat that goes in front of you, all right? It's not Friday the 13th. I'm just giving you everything that I used to believe in. I would open up the Latrobe Bulletin, which was the newspaper at home, and it would give my horoscope to the day. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I'd be like oh, it's not going to go so well this next couple of weeks, is it? You know? I mean, I was into that stuff. Friday the 13th scared me. What's going to happen? Holy cow, there's that black cat, okay? I mean, we add stuff. We take other religions and we add them. We add them. No, 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 no. He, stay with me, he's saying, the one true God. How about this next part? Do not make any image Do not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or the earth beneath or the waters below. Our images today are what we value more. It's where we want to find our status. It's where we might want to find our security. Think about it. It's where we put our worth. We put, it becomes the most important thing. What is something that you put higher, higher than God? For me, it's financial security. That seems like that's more secure to me at times than God. If I just have this here, it would work. Some of you, if I just have this degree, if I just have this job, how about this? If I just have this relationship, that is the idol that I hold on to more. But all those can crumble, but God won't. He's consistent. So that's why he says, don't do this. Don't do this. He goes on to say, do not misuse my name. Misuse of name can be in many ways. It can just be using, you know, saying Jesus Christ, you know, as a vulgarity, as an explicitive, you know. It is, you can use it in the wrong way. It is that. And that's all over the place. And what I'm telling you not to do is go condemn people who do it. I'm telling you to hold revere, 
and honor that in your own life. You can't control other people, so don't go police people about that. But the reality is, call your family to hold the name of Jesus and God on high and the Holy Spirit and pray for the world to begin to live into that more. And then don't use the name of the Lord to justify things. You have to be very careful of that. We'll say, oh, I did that in the name of the Lord. Uh, I don't know. I would be cautious about that. That's a dangerous statement. I did it in the name of the Lord. Be careful with that. How about this next one? Observe the Sabbath. This one's really interesting. It's actually all about God and our souls. We need a day where we just stop, breathe, remember, thank, celebrate. And God deserves that too. Because remember the agreement we're under? I actually think we're getting the better deal. I actually do. We are such wandering people. I show up so not well to all that I've been given. And so on a Sabbath, can I even just come and confess that and recognize? And he's still willing to have me? Oh my, oh my. Are you seeing it? The first four are all about loving God. The next six are all about loving others. Do you get the thread here? It's given to the Israelites in the Old Testament, and this is the Old Covenant. And you might say, well, then it's old. It's no good. I don't need it anymore. But no, 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 no. Remember, Jesus comes and the Spirit of God is given so that we can understand this even more. And Jesus says, what? I give you a new covenant. And then they ask him, hey, based on all that covenant, what are the commands that really matter? And what does he say? Love God, love others. They still have meaning because they also help put a box around all of our desires. Look at the next six and let's talk about our desires Honor your father and mother. Hey, the heck with them. I want it my way. They're old. They don't love me in the way they should. Actually, they never did. They owe me. Well, here's what I would say about honoring our mothers and fathers. You have imperfect parents that birthed an imperfect child who needs a perfect Lord. And you're going to get to a place where you're like, these parents of mine, they still don't meet my needs. I'm done with them. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to do, as opposed to, hey, I've come to this realization. My mom and dad had limitations. They could only love me to this extent. I wish it was more. And wow, now as a 40-some-year-old, 50-some, I've come to realize their capacity and their capability to enter in relationship in the way that I want now still isn't there. And then you got to go over here and get the big fat bucket of grace, and you got to come and pour it all over them because they birthed you. And unless they're abusing you, all right, my reaction is, oh, you've got to lean into them because they're your imperfect mother and father. And under a loving God, we forgive and we move forward in reconciliation. But it's hard, isn't it? When our parents don't have the capacity or capability to meet us where we are. But the Lord gives us the capacity and capability to pour grace on them and meet them exactly where they are. Because isn't it the same thing? That's exactly where he meets us. And our lack of capacity and capability. How about this one? You shall not murder. Murder, I think that one's obvious, isn't it? 
But let's talk about anger that breaks off a relationship that those people are good as dead to you. That's what he's talking about there, especially under the new covenant. How about adultery? This is about handling our deep desires of sensuality that are just burning in us, aren't they? And we want to do something with this. And we usually don't even admit that in the church, but I won't even have you raise your hand, but we all have these desires within us and we want to do something with them. And you know what God's calling us to do? Hey, tame that flame. Tame that thing. There's a right place to turn that up. In most places, you got to turn that thing down. And in the context of your marriage, fully enjoy it. And hey, wait and turn up the flame. Do not, do not, you know, light it up until it's time. That's what it says in the Song of Psalm, actually. But in the end, adultery's all over. It is culturally acceptable. And we got to fight hard not to participate, whether it's subtly in lust, deeply in porn, or stepping way outside our marriages. Because then we don't reflect, and then we experience all the consequences. Do not steal. I'm sorry, Summer. <laughs> Do not steal. Her family's experiencing the consequences of the violation of stealing. We do that in little ways at work. We do that in greater ways. We do need to pay our taxes. We do need to handle things above board. Where are you with that? The last two are your neighbors. Lying, gossiping, coveting, wanting, 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 wanting what someone else has. Keeping up with the Joneses and others in our lives. That pun was intended. <laughs> but the reality is just that desires we got to put that in the right place so which one is the hardest for you would you identify them which one and maybe the slide folks can take us back is it covening is it lying is it stealing is it the desire of sensuality within us is it murder of those six the anger that we just want to have someone good as dead what is it for you Because going back to the motives, look at the motives. The motives, he says in Deuteronomy 7, is this. This is after he's given them all the commandments. He says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Keeping, this is a covenant of love giving to you. If you look about the longevity, look at what he says in Deuteronomy 6, just after he's given the commandments, he says, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his degrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. He loves, he's yearning for longevity, and then he wants us to be people who are not enslaved to our desires, but free. And look at the warning by the end of chapter 8. He says this, If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. We will experience destruction. We'll be overly attached to things and we will create our own demise. So where are you today? 
The great news is he wants to do this with us. It's just not rules and regulations. Good luck. I love this line in Psalms. Here's what it really is. It's my, one of my top five verses. Look at Psalm 32.8. The Lord says what? I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. This is the heart of the commands given in the Old Testament that carry forth to the New Covenant and the New Testament, love God and others. And people, this is who God is calling us to be. This is freedom. This is liberation. And this is us as the best church as we move forward into our journey if we seek the simplicity and complexity of loving God and loving others. So as you go today, I want you to realize this. Even though this seemed to be a law, he was always about second chances. Think of Adam and Eve. It all started back there. I want you to see this thread. See this thread. In the, right when it started, Adam and Eve could not follow through what God wanted them to do, right? He couldn't. They chose of the tree. And his heart and their hearts were broken. But God gave them a second chance. Moses said, here are the laws from God. And he comes down the mountain. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. You morons. Didn't you see the fire? I was coming back. And he comes down and he breaks the stones, but he goes up and appeals and he becomes the covering. God gave Adam and Eve covering in their shame. Moses became the covering. He's like, God, don't destroy them. And then we have the broken body of Jesus for us who becomes what? The covering. Even when we get it wrong, just like my dog, I continue to love and I cover. Just like Jesus covered, Moses covered, and Adam and Eve were given a covering. This is the God we serve. So as you go today, what action will you take? What, what is it? For you, is, it, is there a specific commandment? You go, I got to lean into this. It's the mother and father one. It's the other God one. I got to deal with my adultery, my lust, my pornography, whatever. The, my sensuality is out of control. Which one do you need to focus on? And then how about this? Start to ponder the treaties and realize how, how good that you actually have it. And before you go today, I want to encourage you, we're making a remembrance wall back there. We're asking people to put a memory of what God has done. So I put de-icing the plane and giving me direction, 1990, up there today. You can also put a characteristic of God. I wrote mercy in God's grace, and I put it on the wall back there. But let's build a wall of remembrance as we go. So let's take a moment as the band comes up. What's God calling you to do? Is it a commandment? Is it to notice the treaties and how good you have it? Is it to go to the wall of remembrance? Let's pray. Father, thank you. You made us and we stumble, but you love us. And Lord, I want to give our people right now, this time's for you. What do you need to say to God right now, PCC? Take a moment. The band's about to lead us. What do you need to say to God? Do you need to thank him? Do you need to confess to him? Do you need to ask of something? In the quietness of your heart, take your moment right now.
Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.